really. It's about God changing lives from the inside out. And everyone's story is different, but uh, that it's got to be personal for it to be real and for it to be what God has for us. And it's so great to hear how that's happened and happening in Brody's life. And I know it's happening all over the place as well. We're, today we're wrapping up our series we've been doing this month, What is Truth? We've covered a lot about the nature of truth and Jesus being the truth and being strong to be willing to, to speak out for the truth. And tonight we're kind of, not tonight, I don't know why I'm talking about tonight, but this morning we're, we're dialing all the way back kind of to the very origin of things or the, where it needs to start in our own lives. We're talking about truth from the inside out. And I remembered as I was thinking about this, when I was in, in high school, my family had moved to Taiwan. My parents were serving as missionaries there. And Taiwan is a nation that is, uh, there were less than 1% Christians at the time in Taiwan. It's now actually more cl- over 10%. So it's pretty amazing, the growth of faith in Jesus in, in that nation. Um, but I remember going to a, um, a little seminar with some, some leaders, some people who had been in that environment, this, this guy speaking was actually from England, but he had been doing kind of the missionary task for a couple decades, and he was really good at it. And really, the, the idea that, okay, we have, by the grace of God, come to know the truth in Jesus, and it's changed our life, and it brings hope to our life in the world, and we're wanting to bring that message to people that do not yet know Jesus, but believe in other gods, hold another religious system, cultural system, um, and there's a high, high uh, cost for someone in Taiwan to believe in Jesus. It may mean they lose their family, they lose their inheritance. There was, you know, a, very, a lot of cultural, is that like, you know, they used to call foreigners like foreign devils. There's this idea, like, to, to, to win, to get someone to listen to you and then to change their whole belief system, like, that's a tall order. And actually, it's the same for anybody, for anybody to, to become a follower of Jesus. It's going from a belief system and a life that's different, and then coming, embracing the truth of Jesus and coming into something totally new. But I, it stuck in my mind, this, this missionary gave the analogy, not just really analogy, he was, his experience was he said, hey, so to bring truth, you have to have trust. And, you know, it's, it's been referred to as a bridge of trust. For us to communicate something to someone, it always travels along. There has to be trust. I mean, Brody's example is so good that he heard the stuff about God and people who claim to be Jesus, but then looking at their life, it was like, I, if that's truth, if that's God, I don't want that because of what I'm seeing in your life. And this missionary talked about his experience was, hey, in, in Chinese culture, if you get invited into someone's house, that's, that's, that's a good step. That means someone's opening their doors to you and that you're invited to their house. And then if you get invited to a meal, then you know, like, that's another step. Like, you're, you're sharing a meal together. You know, it's really not that different for us, right? Um, but but you're, you're, there's, there's closer, like you're getting more on the inside. And then, and this is where it's a little different, especially with our open concept living spaces and kitchens, because j- t- typically the, the kitchens would not be a, a public space. In Taiwan, there'd be maybe sit, you know, have dinner in the dining room, but the kitchen was like family only. That was where meals were made. That was like, that was just the family. And so he said, if you get invited into the kitchen, then, then you're really in. Then you know that there's something, there's a connection there. And 
that stuck with me, and I, I thought about that as so often in our interaction with God and his truth. We, we may have let him in so far. We may have let him into the living room. We maybe let him into the dining room. But there are oftentimes places in us where we have not let God go, where we've not let the truth go. There are places, there, there may be a bedroom, it may be a bathroom, it may be a room in your basement internally, where it's like, okay, I, God's good, but this part of my life, I, you know, that, that's kind of out of, that, that's mine. That's, I, I don't know about letting God in those places. And, you know, we see this, um, it's easier to see in other people sometimes, you know, I like every, I feel like every month I hear a story about some Christian leader who had an affair. And it's like, wow, like there was something going on internally that didn't match what was being proclaimed externally. There was something, some place in his soul where he was not letting the truth of God come in and shape, meet his emotional needs and redirect his actions and his life. Um, we, you know, we, we've been talking a fair amount about just like the, the nature of the world and all the deception and propaganda and like what leaders, you can't trust leaders, you can't trust institutions, you can't trust governments because so often they're deceptive and untruthful. And oftentimes our, there are two ways to respond to that. You can respond by saying, well, that's the way the world is, so I'm going to like be that way too. I'm going to not, I'm going to be deceptive. Or you can say, okay, I'm going to be different, and I'm going to let God change me to the core. And that's really um, the response that God's after, is getting to the very core of us, getting his truth to the deepest place, to be from the inside out. We're going to look primarily today at, at Psalm 51, which is a prayer that David prayed. David was the king of Israel. He was a man, uh, it, it was said of him that he was a man after God's own heart. He's an incredible example for us. But this prayer was a prayer he prayed when he had not been after God's own heart. When, there had, when he had uh, really drifted and there had been places in his soul that he had not let God in, that he had not let the truth in. And as a result of that, he had, he had sinned. Um, he had gotten off mission. It, it, it tells the story that he had been the king. He had been leading Israel in their, in their military campaigns to, to take the land that was really advancing you know, God's people. God's cause. But it says, in the spring, when kings go to war, David stayed at home. And he was, on his, he was on his rooftop, kind of thinking about himself. And he saw a woman bathing. And he ended up committing adultery, um, which led to trying to cover it up and killing her husband. And this, there was, truth was not on the inside from him. But eventually, um, the prophet Nathan showed up in his, his palace and confronted him. And when David was confronted with the truth, he repented and turned to God and allowed the truth to get in the core of his being. And this, this psalm is really the, the, what he wrote, what he, he prayed and then wrote down from that place. So, um, starting in verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Oh, it's the wrong version here. Let's just read it here. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So he's going to receive God's cleansing, but before that happens, he has to fess up to it. He has to be honest that he has sinned. 
in order to turn to God and, re and receive it as he asked for it. And he goes on, My uh, sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are proved right when you speak. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. That's good. Yeah. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. And God is all about, he desires truth inside of us. The most inner part. The most inmost place. Really, if we look at, like, what is, what is that talking about? Or, you know, first of all, truth. Um, that word truth, the Hebrew is emeth. But it's not just this, like, uh, mental or propositional concept. But truth refers to firmness, faithfulness, reliability. It's, it's like if we, when we say, like, in a marriage vows, I will be true to you. It's not just like, you know, I'm going to believe the right things, but no, I'm going to be faithful to you relationally. This is what God desires. Truth. Faithfulness. It's like if you say that that wall is true. It means that that wall is straight. It's plumbed right. It's not wonky. It's not like a wall if I built it. It would not be true. Okay? But if it's a true, it means it's, it's straight. It's solid. It's firm. It's reliable. It's trustworthy. And God is desiring our hearts to be that way, first of all towards him, and then, then towards others. Uh, the, in, the inmost place, God, I love this, the, the imagery, I think about the inmost place of our, of our being. It's like there's the deepest parts of us. There's nothing left out from that place. It's the place um, of our identity, of who do we see ourselves to be. Uh, it's, man, that, that, you can see in our culture and in our own lives how there's an attack on our identity, even the very essence of, of gender. That, like, man, of, of questioning of what's true in our identity. And, you know, gender, but also just, like, am I, am I a loser? Am I, like, who am I? The questions of, of our identity are, are so inmost, so deep. The place of our, the place of our desires and our yearnings and our, our dreams. You know, like, what, at our core, like, what are we most hungry for? What are we yearning for? What are we longing for? Is God in that place? Or is that a place where we are turning to something else, looking elsewhere to have those, those desires and yearnings met? Um, it's a place of intimacy and romance, sexuality. It's been said, I think it's very true, that we haven't given God anything until... We've given him our love life. I think it's so true. Like, I've seen so many times where it's like, oh, God, I give you everything. And then, like, played out and, like, but not that. You know, it's like, this is, this is different. It's like, what is, what is the most close and up to our heart? Um, the inmost place. God desires truth in those places. Today, um, Brody's getting baptized. And it's interesting that in the New Testament, baptism is compared to, in the Old Testament, the practice that the Israelites had of circumcision. And you're like, why are you bringing up circumcision in church? This is like, it's a little awkward, but it's, the circumcision was the, 
was the, the act that the Israelite males uh, had undertook or was done as a surgery to their bodies. And it symbolized like this, this you, are, you are part of God's people. You belong to God. And it's interesting that it wasn't just like, you know, an earring would have been a nice way to do that. You know, it would have been like a little easier. <laughs> or there may be a, a tattoo on your arm or something. Like, you're like, okay, that, that sounds good. But like, circumcision, like, it's getting like to the most vulnerable, intimate, touchy place. And like, the inmost place, it's like, okay, that's like, that's really delicate there. And God's saying, I want to get all the way there. I'm going all the way to every part of you. It's, it's mine and it's for me, and I want to meet you in that place, and I want to bring transformation in those places. It's, it's amazing that when we let God come to those places, that we experience intimacy with him, and then we experience intimacy with other people as well. That the stuff in us that's kept back from God actually keeps us from what we most long for. And it, it keeps us from the quality of relationships that we want. There is a, a ministry, a marriage ministry called Nothing Hidden Ministries, and a few of us have gone to one of their conferences. But that, that idea is like that you have a marriage where nothing is hidden. That, and it's great, crazy, like going to this, this, uh, this conference and talking to that concept, like how oftentimes that's not the case in marriage, where you think it would be the place where it's most likely. But like we're so prone to like have places of our life that we like, oh, not, not about that. Like that's just, I don't know if I want to talk to you about that. But God brings truth to the, to the very core of us, the inside out. So how do we get truth from the inside out? You guys following me? This good? This is good. Um, we, well, we got this gift of our conscience. And so a starting place is to listen to our conscience. There's this, a lot of times, that, that just inner voice of like, oh, something's not quite right there. That's, that's something to listen to, not to suppress, but to let that lead us to something better that God has for us. Romans 14, 23, that says, anything that doesn't come from faith is sin. And by faith, it, it means that we can, like, address that part of our life from a place of, yes, I am trusting God in this area, and I... I'm confident in this area of my life that this is what God wants for me, and I'm bringing this to the Lord. Any, anything that's not from faith is sin. So listen to our conscience. Uh, we've also got this gift of the Bible and God's Word, and we, truth comes to the inside and works out as we let God's Word transform our emotions, our thoughts, and our actions. Let's look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. Familiar passage, but so much here. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So present your bodies, present every part of you, every, every part of you, including your bodies. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we, and we renew our minds and we, we change what we think with what God says is true. 
At our community groups this week, we're going to go through First uh, John 1, which talks a lot about walking in the light versus walking in the darkness. And the same idea, like, am I living in the light? Am I living openly? Am I letting God's light come into every part of my being? Or are there things that are darkness is both, like, sin and also just things that are hidden? And as you go through the book of First John, I was just reading through that. I was like, no, it lists a lot of, like, things that are issues that keep us from walking in the truth. And I just think this is a helpful list. You know, maybe this, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's, you call that helpful? That hurts a little bit. But here are some of the things that it, it lists in 1 John. It talks about hating others or unforgiveness. That's a place where we're not letting God's light in our inmost being. We have unforgiveness. Not loving others. Not obeying God's commands. Loving the world. And then uh, expressed in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Pride boasting, denying Jesus as the, as the Messiah, as the Christ, continuing to sin, not sharing our resources with others, listening to the spirit of falsehood in our culture, fear, and idols. You know, those are some of the ways where we see where, okay, I, that's, I'm like, say I believe the truth, but there's this fear in my life. Huh. I say I believe God is enough, and he's Got me my back, he's for me, but I'm experiencing fear. All right, there's something that's, I'm not believing God's truth in this area. I've, I'm experiencing anxiety. Wow, Jesus says I don't have to be anxious. I can cast my anxiety on him, but right now I'm experiencing anxiety. So well, that's identifying a place where God's truth is not in our inmost place. Um, so much more. Uh, so God's word does that. I, you know, I have grown to appreciate it also that just like uh, as you know we read the Bible and that helps us to find God's word God also uses people to, to help us see his truth in David's story like he maybe would have never come to the place of letting the truth come into his inmost being where he was off unless Nathan had showed up and Nathan wouldn't have showed up if David hadn't already given him a place in his life and so good for David with that but Nathan shows up and goes, you know, you know the story. Like, you are that man. You are the one who's guilty here. And so often, it's, it's other people who help us to see the stuff in our life that's going on. And that's, again, it's like the, you know, Taiwan example. Like, are we letting people in our life close enough to us that we invite to be like, hey, you're a little bit off. You know, I, I feel like I, I'm thankful, but it's annoying. I've got so much of that in my life. I, it's like a, a daily thing where I'm, people speaking in my life going, hey, I don't know about that. And I'm like, oh, you're right, again, okay. That's, man, but it's like, it's such a gift to have people that are trusted that are speaking to your life and, and pointing things out. And in Proverbs 24, 26, it says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. That's a good proverb right there. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. There's something about when someone is telling you the truth that's like, okay, thank you. That's good. <laughs> All right. That's, don't kiss me on the lips, but thanks for that honest answer right there. Proverbs 27.5 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. You know someone loves you if, if, if they're willing to tell you the truth. Um, and I, that's, man, to get... 
God's truth in our inmost place. It's got to involve inviting people into that place to speak into our lives and give them the green light and then be willing, if it lines up with God's word, to let it change us. That's one thing I was thinking about this. I appreciate about our friend Brendan sitting back there. You know, I, I didn't really know Brendan that well until like it's been about a year. And he's, he's been working with our ministry and taking on more and more responsibility with our campus ministry. And Brendan um, has the, the, he's a male, <laughs> okay? Which means, and he's a young male, which means he is not the most, has not been the most naturally self-aware all the time, all right? Because that's just how we are. And he's also a guy who, like, just he gets out there with, you know, he's, he, 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 he's, he's not holding back. Like, he's strongly, he's motivated, has some strong desire to see things happen. And in the course of the year, there have been, that has set him up for a few mistakes along the way. And that's true of anybody. I mean, any, it's better to be getting out there and making mistakes than not getting out there. But I so appreciate, like, there have been, a, and Brendan's made some mistakes, and some more weighty than others. And I've, like, spoken, I, I've been Nathan in Brendan's life a little bit. I've, like, hey, Brendan, what were you doing with that? Come on. How do you do that? This is what, and so, but I so appreciate, like, he just, like, keeps coming back for more. He, like, and it, the stuff that comes up, he's, like, taking it to heart. He's, like, oh, my, at first he may be, like, I don't see that. I don't know what you're talking about, but then like a day later, he'll go, okay, I'm starting to see what you're talking about. I'm growing in self-awareness here. That's a good thing. And then he'll be like, he'll be like texting me and others and like the, as he's struggling in those areas or seeing, oh my goodness, I see where my, where my character is flawed in this area and I need to grow. I'm, he's vigilant about self-revelation. And, oh, man, I was tempted here. Oh, I dropped it here. I just want to confess that to you. And it's like, man, there's real transformation happening as that's happening. And so that's really all over the place. That's, that's how, it, how it happens so much. Um, as we, we let God's word in there and transform us. And that really leads to our, the, the, uh, another aspect of this is confessing it. So I just talked about Brendan's been doing that. Confess and change. As we see stuff, then it's important to confess it, to speak it to God and to others, and then embark on this process of change. Proverbs 28:13 says, One who conceals his wrongdoings will not prosper, but one who confesses and abandons them will find compassion. Wow, so, so good. I remember uh, some, this isn't really parenting advice, this is more like child advice. Um, if you're in a family that believes in spanking, but, or other discipline, but like if you, when a kid, um, I, I wasn't planning to tell this example, but it's kind of interesting. When you're like in a discipline a kid, and they're like resisting it, and they don't, they stay away from it, then as a parent you're like, okay, I just, I gotta like stay I've I got to, like, follow through with the punishment to help you learn. But when the child is, is broken about it, and they're humble, they're like, oh, my God, yes, you're right, I did that. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was wrong. Then it's just you're kind of like, oh, I, don't, I hardly need to give you any discipline now. 
because you've already got it. Like, you've got the point. You've, that's, that's the whole point of this, is for your heart to change. And so, but when, when, there's, when there's confession and renouncing it, then there's compassion. God's like, yes, okay. Yes, my daughter. Yes, my son. You're getting it. Okay. Good, good stuff. And the, you experience God's compassion in that place in an amazing way. But finding truth is not easy. Finding truth is often not easy. Applying truth is, is not easy. Change is not easy. Those of us who were at our, our summit in August with our group of churches um, heard Pastor John McDermott said this. He said, we must lay truth in our life. We've got to lay truth in our life. It doesn't just happen. You've got to intentionally find the truth and lay it in your life. And then he asked, what price have you paid for truth? What's the price that you've paid to get the truth? If you haven't paid much of a price, then you probably don't have much. That's true. Truth is, it's, a, it's costly. It's costly personally, not so much like, it may be financially, but emotionally. Like the, the pain of letting go and just the vulnerability and letting it go to those places. There's, there's a cost in that. But if we're not willing to pay that price, then we probably haven't gotten much. But when we do, and this John talked about this, that when we find the truth, when we let the truth come all the way inside of us and pursue it and find it at whatever it costs, then that produces understanding upon that foundation of truth. There's, show that next slide there, Romaine. Yeah, on the foundation of truth, it builds understanding into our life. We understand things, and not just mentally, but truly understand them. And then from understanding, we have authority with our life. And that's what God made us to be image bearers, who bring his authority, who bring his truth, who bring his life into the world. And that has to be built upon letting truth go deep and be the foundation in our life. But from that, there's the blessing of living lives of confidence and authority. Um, that's, you know, that's really what God's after. He's not just like, hey, I want to make you squirm. I want to like point out all those areas that are uncomfortable for you where you don't want to go. But I want you to live a life of confidence. I want you to live a life of authority. That you're built on the truth. And then you can bring that truth to the world around you. And that's such a good thing as we're in that place. We're going um, to receive communion today. And um, really, this is an opportunity for us to, to be looking at our hearts, looking inter internally, and going, hey, God, is, am I letting your light shine into my whole life? Is, am I letting your sacrifice change me? And am I then offering my life as a living sacrifice to you? Back in, in Psalm 51 in David's prayer, at the end of it, we're going to jump around and look at a couple sections of this, but at the end of it he says, do good to Zion. Zion is, you can see, like your people, the church. Do good to your people in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. Now really, as we take the, the bread and the cup, we're remembering Jesus' sacrifice, that he didn't hold back, that he gave his all for us. And our ability to be cleansed, our ability to be transformed, it has everything to do with him 
not us just trying to change ourselves by, by trying harder or something. It's, it's his sacrifice that we receive that changes us. But at the same time, as it's a covenant, it is saying, Lord, you gave your all for me. I'm all, you died for me. I'm also taking up my cross and giving my all for you. I'm, how, how, how could I not respond to your sacrifice in a like way? Now, you know, not, not that it's equal, but it's the, the, the response to say, Lord, you have my life, too. And I just, I don't know, it's something about, I love this, I've always loved this, the way, this imagery of whole burnt offerings, whole burnt offerings. There were some offerings in the Old Testament where they would take the sacrifice and they would, they would, part of it would be on the altar and would be consumed as an offering to God, but then the rest of it they could take and they could eat it and they could enjoy it as a feast, as this part of this relationship with God, and that's great. But then sometimes it was like, no, you take that whole animal and just let the whole thing be burned up as a whole burnt offering to God. That's what David's saying. This, then bulls will be offered on your altar. I, I love that. As a, maybe it's because I'm a guy. I don't know. But it's like bulls, like these strong, powerful, viral creatures. It's like all of that is being offered to God. It's not just a calf. It's not just a steer. It's not a yearling, it's like, it's not domesticated, it's like, no, this whole bull, man, just stick the whole thing on the altar and just let it all, the whole, everywhere, let it be completely consumed. That's what, that's what God is worthy of in our life. Um, so we're going to, you know, have a chance to receive communion right now. And um, I'm going to take a moment to just reflect and Michael, you can go ahead and come on up. And there you are, yeah. And uh, play some music as we, as we do that. But it's important that we, in, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about receiving communion in a worthy way. And it says that there were people that, that took communion, that took the cup and the bread in an unworthy way. And I think that means that they weren't really letting the truth go into their heart. They were doing it kind of somewhat flippantly or not, not really giving God their whole life. And it says, hey, because of that, some of you are sick and some of you even died. Because this is, a, this is an important thing. There's, there's weightiness involved in all this. Um, but the flip is that God's heart is for us to let his truth come all the way inside of us and transform us as we give everything to him. So, um, you know, sometimes we're like, man, I'm not, I don't know if I'm experiencing God. I don't know if, like, there's this area, like, I don't, where's God? And sometimes it's because there's a block in us. There's a part of our life where we're not yielding to him. There's a place where he's asking us to go where we're like, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, not that. And that keeps us from experiencing God. But God wants, as we give it to him, to bring his peace and his presence into his life. So let's take a moment. Go ahead and bow your head. And just if, you, if you're in this place and want this, just pray with me. Lord, I... Would you search my heart this morning? Would you search my inmost place? Lord, is there, is there a place where I haven't been letting your truth come in? Is there a place of anxiety or lust or selfishness, pride? It's been off limits. 
And if that's your heart, say, guys, I invite you into that place today. I yield to you. I let you in. I let you into my emotions. I let you into my yearnings and desires. I let you into my identity, my relationships. Oh, would you come? Would you wash out the things that are not of you? Would you come and bring your presence, bring your truth, bring your grace into those places? Take them, you know, if, if you want a little more time to just talk to the Lord, go ahead and do that. If you're here today and you want to receive communion, then when you're ready, again, you know, this is just, this is optional. This is, nobody's looking at anybody else. But if you want to receive Christ's grace in your life in that way today, then when you're ready, you can go ahead and go up to the, the back of the room of the tables and get a cup and the bread and come back to your seat and we'll receive communion together. God, we thank you this morning. I thank you that you are all in with us. Lord, you don't hold back. You didn't hold back. You gave yourself fully. You embraced the cross. You embraced the pain. You embraced doing what you didn't feel like doing. out of your love for the Father and your love for us. Lord, thank you that as we let your truth and your presence come into our life, that it, it brings life. That your death and your resurrection go to the, the root of our being and bring life from the inside out. God, we need that. We need that, and we, we thank you for it. Lord, as we, as we receive your, this bread that represents your body, this cup that represents your blood, even, Lord, by faith, we are saying yes to you, yes to you, even just like this, this liquid coming into our body that's coming into the, those cracks, those places. 
Lord, bring your way, bring your truth, bring your presence fully into our lives. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and take the bread and take the cup together.